Hello, hello, hello. You're all very welcome to the Can Projects podcast. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. I had a bit of a nap and I'm fresh. Good. This is Can Projects, where we love to talk about culture, art, nature, and wellness. And we've got some stories for you today. But before we get into all of that, we've got some great updates. We've got some great shows coming up this weekend, guys, okay. over on sbreaker.com. That's S P R E A K E R.com. And like we were telling you, that's where most of the action will be happening these days, guys. Um, it'll be over there in Spreaker. And f- this Friday, we've got. A fascinating. No, sorry, I got my days wrong. Friday, this Friday, we've got a fascinating guest, a great guest actually, yeah. uh, Una Hearn. She was here with us uh, last week, and uh, this week we're got the title of the show. Let me pull it up for you guys one moment here. It was, um, it's posi- about depression, reaching out, and positive outlets. Yeah. And that continues on the conversation that we had with Una last week. And it is actually Depression Awareness Month. And if any of the topics that kind of come up around that area, you can check out a group known as aware.ie. They do uh, great facilitation. And I really highly encourage anybody who might be feeling a bit isolated or feels like maybe they need to talk a bit or whatever, just reach out, guys. You know what I mean? If you don't have anybody in your immediate circle that you feel like you can talk to there's lots of groups out there the samaritans are another one i gave them a call one time and i found it quite helpful yeah there's there's a lot of helplines out there and it's just finding one that you're comfortable with like you know yeah that's it so that's friday check it out guys spreaker.com please please follow us over there head over to spreaker.com and follow us over there guys if you can it would really help us out and twitter as well is another thing we're kind of hanging out on if anybody mm-hmm. uses that and if you're not on there you can find us on instagram too now as well so what's happening saturday chris um saturday is um oh brain custard here now would you like me um, to yeah remind me wasn't it um we're we're talking to George again, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, we've got the first yeah, yeah. show with George Higgs Charles. He's a composer, an artist, bit of a real Renaissance man in my eyes, and mm-hmm. um, he's done lots of great works. His work has been in uh, Carnegie Hall, the Kremlin. He's yeah. had two exhibitions in the Irish Wax Museum. He gets funding a lot. Um, he does some great work. Tra- with... Trains gorillas to sing opera. That's right. I don't <laughs> hear about that. And he does some great work with the Waterford Healing Arts, which is uh, with psychiatric yeah. clients. And he does some great work with them. So we get into that a little bit as well. But the main topic, guys, um, and the name of the show. Uh, oh, I did write it down. It's not written down here. It but was um, Deaf. It's Music for the Deaf. Yeah. Uh, and the Sense Ensemble. The Sense Ensemble yeah. and More Adventures. It's ah, re- that's it, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. So the Sense Ensemble is the name uh, of a group that uh, that George kind of kind of yeah. There were um, what forty years or something for class. I can't remember the details now, but that's yeah. also the name of his next album that is scheduled to come out in November. The Sense Ensemble, and again, that has to do with uh, ways and means that the deaf community can experience and express music and that's something he's been working on uh, for a long time actually um mm. but we get into loads and loads and loads of other stuff he's a really fascinating guy so check us out on a spreaker over the weekend so that's uh, the updates chris what are we doing today i was going to read a little bit of a kind of a story for this time of year um it's called the fairy dance 
Can I give a quick plug before we get into that, Chris? Oh, yeah, work away. Yeah, so we're gonna, we, we've we kind of got it planned now. We're going to be doing some book reviews. We've got some great authors lined up. And something came out to me in the post that some of our audience might be interested in. It's called Demystifying Disabilities. And that just came out in the last month or so um, from a, a, a lovely lady. Um, her name, what's her name again? Uh, no, it's Emily Ladu, oh. and that's E M I L E. Ladu is L A D A U, and I, I haven't read it yet, but I've I've, I've leafed through it, and it's fascinating. It's really she's doing really fantastic work, guys, and we'll be coming back to this and covering that. That's demystifying disabilities, uh, and we've other books as well coming up. But I suppose we'll keep that. Yeah, under our we we, we keep that under our hats that yeah. we don't wear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the one. So, Chris, without further ado, could you uh, yeah. tell me tell me a little bit about this this book? This book this book is a book that um, I've had for a large number of years. In fact, the price is in the uh, punts actually. So, well. <laughs> how long ago was that? Twenty years. That's a while ago, all right. Yeah, and it's called land. It's called Land of Tales: Stories of Ireland for Children. And uh, now, some of the stories in a, I don't know about modern children, you know, but we grew up on them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a great book. I've I've loved it for a long number of years, you know. What it when did you say when it was printed, Chris? Um, no, do do do. The same author. Um, let's see. First published in nineteen eighty two. And this edition was published in 1989, so it's 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 well up in the years now, and of course the stories are from well before then as well. You know they're kind of a collection, and if anyone would be interested, uh, the ISBN is zero nine zero seven six oh six seven four one. You know, just in case they want to get it for themselves, because yeah. I think it's out of print at this stage. Oh wow! Okay. Now, <clears throat> The Fairy Dance by Lady Wilde. One evening, late in November, which is the month when spirits have most power over all things, as the prettiest girl in all the island was going to the well for water, her foot slipped and she fell. It was an, un- it was an unlucky omen, and when she got up and looked round, it seemed to her as if there were, she was in a strange place, and all around her was changed as if by enchantment. But at some distance she saw a great crowd gathered round a blazing fire and she was drawn slowly on towards them till at last she stood in the very midst of the people. But they kept silence, looking fixedly at her and she was afraid and tried to turn and leave them, but she could not. Then a beautiful youth like a prince with a red sash and a golden band on his long yellow hair came up and asked her to dance. It is a foolish thing of you, sir, to ask me to dance, she said, when there is no music. Then he lifted his hand and made a sign to the people, and instantly the sweetest music sounded near her and around her, and the young man took her hand, and they danced and danced till the moon and the stars went out. But she seemed like one floating on air, and she forgot everything in the world except the dancing and the sweet low music and her beautiful partner. At last the dancing ceased, and the partner thanked her, and invited her to supper with the company. Then she saw opening into the ground, saw an opening into the ground, and a flight of steps. 
and the young man who seemed to be king amongst all of them led her down, followed by the whole company. And at the end of the stairs they came upon a large hall, all bright and beautiful with gold and silver lights. And the table was covered with good things to eat, and wine was poured out into golden cups for them to drink. When she sat down, they all pressed her to eat the food and to drink the wine. And as she was weary after dancing, she took the golden cup the prince handed to her and raised it to her lips to drink. Just then a man passed close by her and whispered, Eat no food and drink no wine or you'll never reach home. So she laid the cup down and refused to drink. On this they were angry and a great noise arose and a fierce dark man stood up and said, Whoever comes to us must drink and drink and eat and eat with us. And he seized her arm and held the wine cup to her lips so that she almost died of fright. But at that moment, a red-haired man came up and took her by the hand and led her out. You are safe for this time, he said. Take this herb and hold it in your hand till you reach home, and no harm can come. And so saying, he gave her a branch of a plant called Athar Lus, or ground ivy. This she took and fled away along the sward into the dark night. But all the time she heard footsteps behind her in pursuit. At last she reached home and barred the door and went to bed. When a great clamour arose outside, the voices were heard crying to her. The power we had over you is gone, though the magic of, through the magic of the herb. But wait, when you dance again to the music on the hill, you will stay with us evermore and none shall hinder us. However, she kept the magic branch safely and the fairies never troubled her again. But it was a long, long time before the sound of the fairy music left her ears. which the music to which she had danced that night in November on the hillside with her fairy lover. The end. Wow. I had a bit of a stumble at the end. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. So what, what's the moral of the story then? Um, the moral of the story is uh, don't eat fairy food. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that's actually a reoccurring thing in a lot of um, mythologies. Yeah. What was that famous movie? Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth, it's in Pan's Labyrinth. Um, Spirited Away is kind of the thing as well. Mm. You know, um, anytime you end up in the land of the spirits, it's generally considered a good idea to um, not eat the food because then you're stuck there forever. Mm. And never to take anything away from the place as well. Mm. It's, it is, like, yeah, it's so, a reoccurring thing for sure. Like, Yeah, in, in, in Japanese folklore, Native American folklore, African folklore, it's always don't eat the food if you want to go home. Mm. Even in Greek and Roman, um, you know, um, was it Persephone? No, it wasn't Persephone. Um, who was it went to hell to get their wife back? Oh, I can't remember. I but, can't remember. I nearly had it. I can't remember. Yeah, but there the was one was, of the main ones, wasn't it? The brother? Yeah, of, it was. Yeah. Was it Poseidon? It wasn't Poseidon, was it? No, Poseidon was... It was... Um, it, Poseidon is involved in the story. Yeah, he is actually, isn't he? Yeah, but the rule was don't eat or drink anything once you cross over the river or you can't come back. Like, you know, um, I saw you oiling up the oboe there. Oh, sorry, clar clarinet. Yeah, I, 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 I took it out for the first time in a long time today. I'm, I'm going to uh, be singing for my supper, it looks like. So I had yeah. to dust, dust it off a little bit. <laughs> Do you want to hear is a little bit? Give us a quick blast there, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
That was lovely, man. Bula bus, eh? I love the old clarinet. Mm. I have a flu here as well. Do you want to see that? Yeah, yeah. Show us your flu. Fantastic. There you go. I'll have to get on and do a little bit more. Yeah, it's, especially. It's, it's been a while since you've done music, kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Miss it, but mm. looks like I'll be singing for your supper. Bit. Maybe I might do one a little more. Whoop. Whoop. Yeah, go for <laughs> that was that was class. Um that that piece is very familiar to me. I'm not sure if the be... mic might have been cutting out there, guys, a little bit. If it gets loud, it kind of cuts out, so I'm not yeah. sure. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. So, Chris, are you going to give us another wee? Yeah, I have the Selfish Giant. This is oh. another story that I have a lot of love for. Um, well, I'll yeah, tell you what, Chris, especially for this one. Um, I'm gonna, the stage will be all yours. I'm going to duck out for you know, a moment. Oh, par, par, par. Yeah, nah, bogey. The Selfish Giant. By Oscar Wilde. Every afternoon, as they were coming home from school, the children used to go and play in the giant's garden. It was a lovely garden, with soft green grass here and there. Over the grass stood beautiful flowers like stars, and there are twelve peach trees that in the springtime broke out into delicate blossoms of pink and pearl, in the and in the autumn bore rich fruit. The birds sat in the trees and sang so sweetly, that the children used to stop their games in order to listen to them. How happy we are here, they cried out to each other. One day the giant came back. He had been to visit his friend, the Cornish ogre, and had stayed with him for seven years. After the seven years were over, he had said, <clears throat> they had said all that they had to say, for his conversation was limited, and he determined to return to his own castle. When he arrived, he saw children playing in the garden. What are you doing here? He cried in his very gruff voice. The children ran away. My own garden is my own garden, said the giant. And anyone can understand that. And I will allow nobody to play in it but myself. So he built a high wall round it and put up a notice board. Trespassers will be prosecuted. He was a very selfish giant. The poor children had now nowhere to play. They tried to play on the road, but the road was very dusty and full of hard stones, and they did not like it. They used to wander around the high walls when their lessons were over, 
and talk about the beautiful garden inside. How happy we were then, they said to each other. Then the spring came, and all over the country there was little blossoms and little birds. Only in the garden of the selfish giant it was still winter. The birds did not care to sing in it, as there were no children, and the trees forgot to blossom. Once a beautiful flower put its head out from the grass, but when it saw the notice board, it was so sorry for the children that it slipped back into the ground again and went off to sleep. The only people who were pleased were the snow and the frost. Spring has forgotten this garden, they cried. So we will live here all year round. The snow covered up the grass with her great white cloak and the frost painted all over the trees in silver. Then they invited the north wind to stay with them and he came and he was wrapped in furs and he roared all day about the garden and blew the chimney pots down. This is delightful spot, he said. We must ask Hale to come for a visit. So the hail came. Every day for three hours he rattled on the roof of the castle till he broke most of the slates. And then he ran round and round the garden as fast as he could. He was dressed in grey and his breath was like ice. I cannot understand why the spring is so late in coming. Oh, wrong voice, sorry. I cannot understand why the spring is so late in coming, said the selfish giant as he sat at the window and looked out at his cold white garden. I hope there will be a change in the weather. But the spring never came, nor the summer. The, old, the autumn gave golden fruit to every garden, but the giant's garden she gave none. He is too selfish, she said. So it was always winter there, and the north wind and the hail and the frost and the snow danced about the trees. One morning the giant was lying awake in bed when he heard some lively music. It sounded so sweet to his ears that he thought it must be the king's musicians passing by. It was really only a little linnet singing outside his window, but it was so long since he had heard a bird song in his garden that it seemed to him to be the most beautiful music in the world. Then the hail stopped dancing over his head, and the north wind ceased roaring, and a delicious perfume came to him through the open casement. I believe the spring ha- I believe the spring has come at last, said the giant, and he jumped out of bed and looked out. What did he see? He saw a most wonderful sight. Through a little hole in the wall, the children had crept in, and they were sitting in the branches of the trees, and in every tree that he could see there was a little child, and the trees were so glad to have children back again that they had covered themselves with blossoms and were waving their arms gently above the children's heads. The birds were flying about and twittering with light, and the flowers were looking up through the green grass and laughing. It was a lovely scene. Only in one corner it was still winter. It was the furthest corner of the garden, and in it was standing a little boy. He was so small that he could not reach up to the branches of the tree, and he was wandering all around it, crying bitterly. The poor tree was still covered with frost and snow, and the north wind was blowing and roaring above it. Climb up, climb up, little boy, said the tree, and it bent its branches down as low as it could, but the boy was too tiny. And the giant's heart melted as he looked out. How selfish I have been, he said. Now I know why spring would not come here. I will put the poor little boy on top of the tree, 
and then I will knock down the wall and my garden shall be a children's playground forever and ever. He was really very sorry for what he had done. So he crept downstairs and opened the front door quite softly and went out into the garden. But when the children saw him, they were so frightened that they all ran away and the garden became winter once again. Only the little boy did not run, for his eyes were so full of tears that he not, did not see the giant coming. And the giant stole up behind him and took him gently in his hand and put him up into the tree. And the tree broke at once into blossom, and the birds came and sang on it, and the little boy stretched out his two arms and flung them round the giant's neck and kissed him. And the other children, when they saw that the giant was not wicked any longer, came running back. And when they came, the spring... And, and with them came the spring. It is, your it is your garden now, little children, said the giant. He took a great axe and knocked down the wall. And when the people were going to market at 12 o'clock, they found the giant playing with all the children in the most beautiful garden they'd ever seen. All day long they played, in the, and in the evening they came to the giant to bid him goodbye. But where's your little companion, he said. The boy I put into the tree. The giant loved him best because he had kissed him. We don't know, answered the children. He has gone away. You must tell him to be sure to come tomorrow, said the giant. But the children said that they did not where he know where he lived and had never seen him before. The giant felt very sad. Every afternoon when school was over, the children came and played with the giant. But little boy who the giant loved was never seen again. The giant was very kind to all the children, yet he longed for his first little friend and often spoke of him. How I would like to see him, he used to say. Years went on and the giant grew very old and feeble. He could not play around anymore. So he sat in a huge armchair and watched the children at their games and admired his garden. I have many beautiful flowers, he said, but the children are the most beautiful flowers of all. One winter morning, he looked out of his window as he was dressing. He did not hate the winter now, for he knew that it was merely the spring sleeping and the flowers were resting. Suddenly, he rubbed his eyes in wonder and looked and looked. It was certainly a marvellous sight. In the furthest corner of the garden was a tree quite covered with lovely white blossoms. Its branches were golden and silver fruit hung down from them and underneath it stood the little boy he had loved so much downstairs ran the giant in great joy and out into the garden he hastened across the grass and came near to the child and when he came quite close his face grew red with anger and he said who hath dared to wound thee for on the palms of the child's hands were the prince of two nails and the prince of two nails were on his little feet who hath dared to wound thee cried the giant Tell me that I may take my big sword and slay them. Nay, answered the child. But these are the wounds of love. Who art thou? Said the giant. And a strange awe fell on him. And he knelt before the little child. And the child smiled on the, gi on the giant and said to him, You let... <clears throat> You let me play once in your garden. Today you should come to me, with me to my garden, which is paradise. And when the children ran in that afternoon, they found the giant lying dead under the tree, all covered with white blossoms. Well, that's the end of that story. 
it's a lovely story. You know. Um and I'm I'm generally a big fan of Oscar Wilde. Oh. And any, anybody living in Ireland should probably go and see the statue because it's just such you know you have Oscar Wilde reclining on the on the on the rock with his with his uh marble shoes and all. It's just an amazing, amazing statue. And I think Shane's coming back into the room there now. Uh, I don't know. I think I can see a shadow there. Are you back to me, Shane? Sorry about that, Chris. Ah, no worries. I missed the end. Sorry. Basically, uh, the child was Jesus. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it sounds like it was going that way. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, you know, not that I'm a big supporter, but, you know. <laughs> so what's, what's the moral of the story, then? Um, don't be don't be selfish. Like you know, share what you have with others, and you'll get more in return. You know. Yeah. Like, it. there's no point in hoarding things. You know, it's a bit like the old soup stone story. Is you know, mm. um, if everyone shares and everyone kind of looks after each other, there's more for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. I have a little bit of nonsense here with me. Yeah, I'd love a bit of nonsense. They're short ones. Yeah. So, all right. The idea I have is uh, they're very short. So how about, Chris, for our lovely listeners who are not, uh, who are just listening right now, I'm going ho- I'm, I'm to hold these pictures up and could you describe what you see? Okay. Hold it up there. I just have to push a button so it can enlarge. One sec. Hold on, Chris. You'll have to just give us one second. Can you just do a little reading there for a second? Yeah, I'll do a bit of um, poetry. Okay. okay. I, I... <sighs> the nearest poetry book was Hitting Cows with a Banjo by Pat Inglesby. I would not recommend Hitting Cows with a Banjo generally, but like as a poetry book is good. I hate that by Pat Inglesby, of course. Do you know something? I said. I've been here six hours today. And I've only taken a fiver. And how long are you here? She asked. Secret little hidden one. Down in the subterranean depths of the buggy, half hidden among bags of shopping, feed bottles, story books, and extra blankets, is frequently a second little person, much smaller than the one on top, sound asleep and semi dark, and a lovely little afterthought with a name. These are quite short poems. Yeah, treasure. I received received the most beautiful waves from little persons gliding by on daddy's shoulders. Now, are you back in the room? I'm back, yeah. All right, I'm just going to read one or two of these, uh, if I can. Yeah, I'm just going to enlarge myself a little bit. There we go. (laughs) No, you're going to show me the picture. Right. I can see a parrot standing atop a pie reading a newspaper. What looks like a quail smoking a pipe standing on a teapot. Some person, I think, in an umbrella. Yeah, some person in an umbrella with a big spiky top on it. And an emu wearing boots, like um, riding boots. Right, I see what looks like a crow with an afro carrying a broom. A snake in a top hat. A turtle playing the drum. And a vulture writing something down. 
I see a wasp with a flute. Somebody, I'm assuming a king with an incredibly large bear flask. Someone with an incredibly large head. That's the Yongi Bongi bow. Ah, right. The one with no. Yeah, yeah. And a zebra with like one, two, three, six, five monkeys on its back. And one of them's reading a book. Okay, let's see. Let's see. These are pretty short. They're all like just three. They're just three lines for each one of these. So I'll I'll just get through them. The perpendicular purple poly who read the newspaper and ate parsnip pie with his spectacles. Mm, I didn't notice no spectacles, but don't worry. The, the queer, queer, usualist quail who smoked a pie of tobacco on the top of a tin tea kettle. The umbrageous umbrella maker whose face nobody ever saw because it was always covered by his umbrella. The ubiquitous ornamental ostrich who wore boots to keep his feet quite dry. Hmm. Makes sense now that you know. The rural run typical raven who wore a white wig and flew away with a carpet broom. The crow with an afro, eh? <laughs> <laughs> the scrupulous a scrupulous snake who always wore a hat on his head for fear he should bite anybody. That makes very little sense to my brain. Uh, the, the tulumptuous Tommy... No, sorry. The tulumptuous Tom Tommy Tortoise who beat a drum all day long in the middle of the wilderness. These make zero sense. Yeah. I think it's just words put together to make sentences. The visibly vicious vulture who wrote some verses to to a vel cutlet in a volume bound in vellum. It's probably a a veal cutlet. Ah. And vellum vellum is calfskin that was used for, um, you know, uh, scribes to write manuscripts. Do you know what this is, maybe? Is this like an alphabet or something? Maybe. The word the word No. <laughs> it's a weird alphabet. But I think it's at the end now. Yeah. Because it's going W, X, Y, and Z. So that that must be what it is. Hmm. The worrying whiz the worrying whizzing wasp who stood on a table and played sweetly on a flute with a morning cap. The excellent double extra double X. Oh, what's double X numbers? X, um, oh, XX, like? Yeah. Um, well, I think that's 20, is it? Is it? Oh, I'm Let's not see. Sure. Never mind. The excellent, the excellent double extra XX embodying king. Oh, Lord. X who lived a long while ago. Hmm. The Yongi. Bongi Bo, whose head was ever so much bigger than his body and whose hat was rather small. The zigzag zealous zebra who carried five monkeys on his back all the way to Jelly Bowley. What? In oh, man. Okay, one more. Look at this. 
It's a goat in a barrel no. with a. It's a donkey. Oh, it's a donkey. A donkey in a barrel with a pot of something. And a fish on stilts. Yeah, a fish on stilts. Right. That's so crazy. Hmm. The absolutely abstemious ass. Ah, it's an ass, sorry. Mm. He resided in a barrel and only lived on soda water and pickled cucumbers. I actually have to turn the book on its side for these ones. That's mad. <laughs> the fizz jiggiest fish who always walked about upon stilts because he had no legs. I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. Is it? yeah. They also don't have any f- fingers. So like, where do fish fingers come from? You know, it's like chicken balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris. Right, I think we best wind this up now. Yeah. So we got it. We got it. We got it. We got to get the other stuff organized. Yeah. So guys, happy Wednesday live stream. That was a bit random, but uh, oh yeah, and and Chris, you're going to be doing. There's lots more stories on the way, isn't there? Yeah, there is. We're going to do some specifically Halloween themed stories and things like that. Yeah. And then we'll be getting back to myths and legends after Halloween and. Expanding our pair view, you know. Yeah, we 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 we, we might. I, I I know I have a book somewhere with some Jamaican legends in it and stuff. They're wow. they're kind of funky, like. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we will mix it up a bit for sure. Yeah. So without further ado, I'll do the usual, which is Chris. We're gonna hit the bumper. And uh, put on a jumper. I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna wave and say goodbye. Yeah. Oh, lordy lord. So, yeah, we had a bit of messing around today to try and get it all organised. But it seemed to work, I think, didn't it? I think so, yeah. Oh, well, that didn't work. It was. Oh, click your neck. Wow. Right. Adios, guys. Sorry we're a bit, a bit haphazard today, but it is live. <laughs> and that's also a bit haphazard in general. <laughs>